Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of the Imaginary Movie Podcast, a podcast wherein me and my idiot friends watch a movie and then we talk about it. My name's David, and yippee ki yay, mother buckets! <laughs> oh, well done, well done. <laughs> nice one, Dave. Um, yeah, Die Hard with a Vengeance. It's Die Hard on a street, subway, stadium, bank, tunnel, boat, helicopter, and Canada. <laughs> By the way, audience, I just told him those locations because he couldn't remember any of them. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> Fell asleep twice. <laughs> I really actually did. Probably more than that. Uh, and I'm Ross. Who was the 21st president of the United States? Go fuck yourself, that's who. <laughs> <laughs> the best two lines of dialogue. Who in was that movie. the 21st president of the United States? Anyone know? Dude, I watched this movie and I still couldn't tell you. Um, I really hoped that was going to be somehow. Resolved, answered. It was. It wasn't. It was. Was it? It was. The, it was Chester B. Arthur, and the school was Chester B. Arthur School. That's where oh. the bomb was. I believe it's Chester A. Arthur, um, not B. Arthur. I'm, so, I'm that sorry, was, Sam. <laughs> that was <laughs> the grammar um, police here. That was that was his uh, his second brother. Um, yeah. So, what w- what film are we watching this week? We watched Die Hard with a Vengeance for some reason. Of all the Die Hard, <laughs> Die Hard movies we could have watched, we decided to watch this one. Um, gonna put that squarely in Ross's court. Ross, gonna defend Listen, yourself. Why did we watch this? Can I say before I... Ross before Ross gives us his rebuttal, <laughs> Ross, and over uh, to Dave. <laughs> I'm really glad we didn't watch the next one. Or is there a five? Is there a five? Die Hard, oh, yeah, so there's... very old. There's Die Hard, Die Hard Two, Die Harder, uh, Die Hard with Vengeance, no number, right? Then we have <laughs> wait. Then we have Die Hard Four Point So we're back on numbers again. Then we have Die Hard, <laughs> A Good Day to Die Hard. Numbers gone again. It's like Fast and the Furious. Are we doing numbers sometimes? Yes. No. Who cares? <laughs> keep on the, to keep them on the toes. I this think this kind of a- is at that Fast and Furious level of like action movies that kind of like. The first one is and is really excellent, and why didn't we watch that? The first one is a fantastic <laughs> like example of the genre that kind of redefined a lot of things and kind of established this uh, t- schlubby guy as a hero. I'll tell you. The rest why. of these movies, Ross, are like, hey, do you reckon we could get more money out of that like fucking dead horse over there? Yeah, I'm, pass I'm me that this. stick. I'm not. I'm not having this. I will not have this. Okay. So, first of all, to address your point, Dave, the reason we had it is because one of the parameters for choosing movies was select a sequel. I selected a sequel, goddamn you, and be <laughs> thankful I didn't select Die Hard 4.0, where, and I shit you not, Bruce Willis kills a helicopter with a motorbike. All right? So, I think a little bit of gratitude... Kills. <laughs> kills. I think a little bit of gratitude wouldn't go amiss. Sam, to answer your question... About I, 20 minutes ago, before Dave interjected. <laughs> yeah, be, before his, Dave had something to say. Yeah. I stand 100% behind this movie. Mm-hmm. I I will defend it to the end. Now, having said that, <laughs> <laughs> so, let, me, let me flip-flop here. Uh, yeah. w- when you were watching it and you were texting us on the group chat along with it, all the critiques and the gripes both you guys had, yeah. Absolutely, I cannot contest it. However, this is one of those movies, like we've had these in the past, where when you're younger and you're watching it, your mind sort of doesn't register all these flaws. And then as you grow up with it, you, your mind glazes over these flaws then. 
mm-hmm. this is one of those movies where Samuel went, God, this is a bit long. And I was thinking, I'd like, yeah, he's got a point. It does run a bit long, but still, awesome movie. And then <laughs> when Sam, you said you woke up and like, and now he's in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, um, yeah. I felt now, and yeah. you know, I yeah. it was it was late. I was tired, and me falling asleep watching a movie is not an unreasonable thing to do. I have two young children, like that's fine. But usually, you could have, oh, I'll just skip back to like it's fine. I, I've missed five minutes or so. What could really, what could have happened in 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 five minutes that would make the the rest of the movie utterly incomprehensible? <laughs> yep, but and, and and that's the other thing I wanted to mention. That specifically, where you said. I fell asleep, and now I don't know where I am. That's one of the great things about Die Hard, you know, because during my childhood, you know, it would be on, like, RT1, Network 2, or one of them ones, and it would start at 9 Foreign o'clock. channels. <laughs> yes. Um, Radio Telefish Erin, Ask Gilliga, Mokara. Um, so, but this would be one of those things where the movie would start maybe at 9 o'clock at night, right? Now, two-hour runtime, fine, done by 11. However, then you have adverts, <laughs> David's even rubbing his eyes now at this explanation. Just thinking then, about how long this movie was. <laughs> then you have adverts, and then like you guys probably had it like maybe BBC or ITV, where it was one of those things where they pause the movie halfway through for the news. <laughs> for the news, and the, yeah. and the point I'm getting at is, you would fall asleep, and you'd be like, okay, well that's the movie over, but you still got a good chunk of action. Like if I watch an hour of it, wow, what a great movie! Or you could come in from a night out, you know, it's maybe half twelve at night. Die Hard's on. There's about half an hour left. Oh, sweet. Die Hard. It's one of those movies where no matter where you pick it up, you're in for a great fun time. You're, yeah. So, you're in, if you're in. you say so, I would posit that the first hour of this movie <laughs> is really not good. Convinced. And the last 20 minutes is trash. We'll get into it. Sam, give us a plot summary. A plot summary for the movie Die Hard as my Wikipedia, as my IMDb A deranged, suspended police officer in the NYPD <laughs> brutally murders 13 people. Yeah. Um, it's not that far enough. Uh, John, John McClane and Harlem store owner, um, Zeus, who doesn't have his name on there, which is a bit rude, are targeted by German terrorists uh, uh, in New York City where the German terrorist Simon plans to rob the Federal Reserve Building. Um a few things I want to talk about there. German. <laughs> Jeremy Irons. Guy. Jeremy Irons. I'm not a big Jeremy Irons fan, generally, movies. I don't particularly like his stick. Uh, I am. This This is movie. why This is why I'm a big Jeremy Irons fan. This is the first thing I probably saw him in, other than Scar. Uh, you know, in and the you Lion liked King. it. And, like, and you well, liked it. Yes, I fucking liked it. Fuck do, you, do you know what I thought? Do you know what I thought? I thought this is this uh, at the start. I thought right. So this guy is obviously Jeremy Irons. He's incredibly British. You know, like it's just really. It's got that His very distinctive. Brilliant though. What are you no? insane, Ross? Are you literally brain dead? Were you in an accident we don't know about? He did. <laughs> the, he did the German accent. Can you he hear sounds? An accent. What accent Listen, do you I, think Sam and I have? I, to- I told you what kind of <laughs> yeah, accent. Yeah, do this podcast you with two all, Italian blokes. Their sound though. You were all oh hello oh spot of tea oh wonderful <laughs> crumpets. That's how you all sound to me. Right. So, so bigoted, Ross. Unbelievably. Right. So I don't judge you for it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because there's a couple of things that's come up in this conversation so far. Number one is runtime, but we'll come back to that. Let's just focus on this accent because I think. This is this is insane. I thought that he was a British character 
pretending to occasionally be German to like mess with the with the with John McClane and to kind of just you know spice things up a little bit. The, the, the accent swings from fucking Austria to France. You know, and and everything in between. There isn't doesn't there doesn't seem to be any consistency. I well, hate I there hate isn't, Sam, this because this is one of the most. Let's talk about Jeremy Irons for a minute because this seems like the time to do it, right? This is one of the most underwritten like villains in a Die Hard film, you know. And the reason for that. Wait till is you watch four and five. Going on behind <laughs> the scenes in this, going on behind the scenes in this, Jeremy Irons and all of his mates, they are all ex East German soldiers, right? So, like, for non-history fans out there, East Germany was a country up until 1991, right? So they had their own army, and the idea is this takes place in 1995. Jeremy Irons is leading this this gang of soldiers, and he says at the end, and that's the only fucking time we get any idea of what's going on, he says at the end that we are an army without a state, and that, like, in a line I actually quite liked, and he does this speech and he goes, let's decide which fucking country we're buying, you know, and that's a fun bit. But that's the only point at which it's like, oh, these are a bunch of East German mercenaries who are like, you know, communism's fallen and they're at a loose end. Like, fucking tell me that in minute 12 of this movie. Like, right. and then any of it makes sense. It doesn't matter that he's East German. It is like so inconsequential to the plot. He could be British. I, it, ha- it, it, I have to jump in here. I have to jump in. I think you're being on... I'm, I'm going to be standing up for Die Hard, I think, a lot during this episode, and I think you're being But, Ross, unfair. do you actually have, like, I'm, a like a defence here? Yes. I think Filibuster, he's filibustering! <laughs> I think you're being unfairly harsh. It's a, it's a mid-90s action movie. You're looking for fucking Othello, where we have, like, you know, massively developed characters and backstory. It's two hours already, Dave. What do you want? Do you want a, do you want a shorter runtime, or do you want character arcs? You can't have both yeah, in a 90s yeah, you can't have movie. Both. I, I'm sorry. The history what, of cinema, Ross, has told me that I can have character development in the 90s. Characters in the 90s and a story with Bruce Willis. Yes, wow. Ross. Yes, Ross. We have All had right. ni- we have had movies with character development short than this movie for 80 years. And we've had movie, can, we, hold uh, shh, 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 shh. We've had we've had literally we've had a die-hard movie that manages to achieve what you're asking for. Because we get in the first Die Hard, which is which is obviously way, way, way ahead of everything else that's that's followed it, and 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 they're never going to reach that point. But at least in the first Die Hard movie, we understand what the characters want, and yes, it's money, but it's also just like he kind of wants to make a point as well. Hans Gruber, you know, he's there to make a point as much as anything else, and he's he's a character who has an internal drive. He's a character who. Who, who clearly demonstrates what he wants and we understand his motivation. And we we kind of also know that he's a psychopath, but he's also quite, you know, he's an intellectual psychopath. There's all these and, things that are running through Sam, that you can just... There's a plan. The reason yeah. that Hans Gruber in Die Hard, the OG, is doing what he's doing is so he can get this money and get away clean. That is the plan. Right, he's trying. He avoids movie, shooting. People, fucking he? Chris Gruber yeah. or Simon Gruber or whatever the fuck this guy's name is, right? Uh, his plan is to steal. Just spoilers, I guess. The gold, entire gold reserves stored at the Federal Reserve. Please, it's something please. like one hundred eighty-seven billion dollars in gold. Please, he's trying to do it steal yet. that and somehow fucking rock up to the Sudan or something and be like, I've got eighteen trucks. Piled with gold, I want your country, and that's somehow going to be like, oh yeah, great. Oh well, actually no, gold is please, worthless please, now. Dave, since please you stop. stole the entire world's fucking supply. 
please stop because I'm 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 gonna have I'm gonna have aneurysm if we talk about this too early, right? Because it it's just the stupid. It's actually one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in in a, in, a, in a film. But let's hold that for a second because I think what I think what it gets to is it gets to the beginning of this movie. It gets to the start of this movie, and as you say, Ross, in the first hour, I am like loving this. This is great. This is running around New York, and you've got this Simon Says thing on the phone. Like, there's lots of it's you speed. Know, there's lo- it's speed for an hour and ten minutes. Yes, and that's because, and that's because, much like almost almost all action movies in the nineties, the these films were were individual scripts which were turned into your um, your kind of franchise movies. So I believe I think, this was based on a book, actually, as well. Um, this well, original script. Yeah, so I think it, it started off. Um, uh, the, the, there was one. So there was one script that was similar to this, where there was a, a um, McLean was fighting terrorists on a Car- Caribbean cruise line, but was rejected <clears> being too similar to Under Siege. What does that film sound like? Hmm? Speed hmm? two. That's what it turned into because you get these individual scripts. And by somebody who's very talented says, "Oh, I'm going to make I'm going to make an action movie," and then they just it, rather than rely on a new franchise, they just slap on a, 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 an existing one. So a similar type of thing with this, where it's it's kind of like you got the Simon Says element, and then later on it kind of gets a bit more confusing. But we'll come to that. But the first part of this movie, I think, is actually really good. It's really, really good. It's really the compelling. speed section of this movie is really excellent. Um, You're like, what's you know. going to happen next? You know, and then he's taking the subway and the the sandwich board thing which is just fucking wild but again let's maybe come to that in a second but i think the problem is is that the start of die hard one you know the trajectory you can see where they're going and you can see that they're that there's a there's a a a beginning a middle and end to the story i actually don't think this story has like a consistent beginning middle and end which is really weird Mm. because most stories that get to this point and have you know hundreds of millions of dollars have a have a clear structure to follow and this film doesn't it's just all over the place other than the first hour which is self-contained quite good it's so, um it's let's talk about the plot like the actual like contrivances of the plot a little bit maybe we can talk about some of the casts i mean there's only really like two people in this cast we want to talk yeah, about I there's only, like, two or three yeah <laughs> i assume we're going to talk about bruce willis and samuel l jackson and that's it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, pretty much but we like we can like you said some we kind of get this movie so we have like speed very very like speed they get a phone call you know i planted that bomb that went off much like in speed when the bus blows up you know i want this car the bus that couldn't slow down carry on <laughs> exactly the school that couldn't <laughs> not blow up um oh, <laughs> yeah it's fine, yep. Sam. I'm I'm there for you. Um, so they get a phone call that's like, you know, I want John McClane, blah, blah, blah. I want him to do this in demands. I'm like, number one, fucking the police department isn't giving in to terrorist demand, bombers demands. That's fucking on rule one of being a cop. Do not give terrorist demands what... Don't give in to terrorist demands. Anyway. Yeah. And then we get, like, the introduction of the Samuel L. Jackson character, um, who is just like... he's in, He runs an electric store in Harlem. Um, you know, he's righteously angry at the white man, quite reasonably. Um, we get Bruce Willis come down with his sandwich board, uh, which you've all seen the movie, so we're not going to repeat it here. Well, hold on. With though. a slur hold on. on it. Hold on, hold on. Because I think it is a strong opening to a film, isn't it? You know, like... It's tense. Just, it's tense. It's tense. It conveys well, the, that e- very well. Even before we get to that bit, I think I think the 
ha- shots around New York. It's all good. Life's happy. Rush hour traffic. Like, yeah, yeah. It it's pre nine eleven. You know, we're we're all good. And then and then within about a minute, you get this great explosion of this shop, and then suddenly, and I think that's a really strong open to the film. I think I was I was hooked. I was like, wow. So this is where we're at. And then we get to see um, it all kind of, you know, the police doing their thing. We've talked a little bit in the past, I think, about copaganda, or it's something that we've certainly come up with some other. We haven't used the term before because we have we not. But basically, podcast. Yeah, basically, basically, you know, the the promotion of the police um, through <laughs> cinema. And boy, does this film like as much as it's trying to be, it's also pretty it pretty much shows the police as being utterly useless utterly useless <laughs> except john mclean who's except personal, John McClane. personal version of um again like and it's kind of not what the movies are about like in die hard won't made sense for john mclean to be like oh i've got to kill these people or they're going to kill all of us etc cetera, etc cetera. in this movie he is driving around new york popping caps in people like it's you know like it's the fourth of july he's he, a one-man army He's, he's given not, up. Is what's happened. He is not trying to arrest. He does anybody. not care. And like serious PTSD going on in here. But like it is propaganda in that John McClane is he is a cop and he's cool as fuck. He's the hero. He's the guy you're going to call. He's going to get things done. Which he means he's going to come in and execute thirteen people like mm. he does in this movie. Um, but yeah, propaganda is is definitely a term we should be more aware of. And like talking about speed, that's a movie about the cops being fucking amazing. Like, you know, renegade cops don't follow the rules. Like, no, no, those are the ones who kill people and go to prison. Like, seriously. Please follow the rules. The rules exist for a reason. (laughs) He gets results, though. Yeah, the results aren't great. I've got to be honest. 40 dead, and we we managed to to book a a shoplifter. Like, okay, well. We got him! We got him! 14 million pounds in property damage. The podcast isn't about this, this movie, but I was watching Rush Hour last night, and. Just when you mentioned uh, propaganda, have you guys seen Rush Hour? Yes. No, yeah. So uh, for your, I like movies. those movies. Oh, I loved it. But then I was watching is that it Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson, or is that that's Shanghai Nights? Anyway, well, well, I'll come back to it in a second. But essentially, in the first ten minutes, Chris Tucker, the cop, is shooting at a fleeing suspect who has C four in the trunk of his car. Shoots him several times in the middle of the street, and then he's aiming at the C four, and just luckily. The guy jumps out of the car. He pulls the trigger. The car blows up, and he has a little dance in the middle of the street, and then goes over to arrest him. I just think um, that this is a lawyer's wet dream. You're fucked. The best, Your badge is done. The best example of propaganda is Bad Boys. That is the, I oh. think, the most egregious example of people committing war crimes. And lethal weapon. And lethal weapon, actually, yeah. And this movie is very lethal weapony. I would say. Yes. And Die Hard. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so the propaganda of it all that we're going to like, we're going to get into more as we go along. Um, but it's definitely, definitely relevant. But, 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 it, but it's this. It is this thing of like in the start of the movie. We, you know, we see we see this Simon Says stuff, which I think is actually quite a cool concept for a, for a film of you know him saying it was cool in speed and it it works here also. It was great in speed. You must deliver the you know must go to the payphone, but they don't they don't even you know Jeremy Irons doing his his thing. Jeremy um, Irons could have phoned this performance in, honestly. Like, well, he is on screen with Bruce Wayne twice, <laughs> maybe. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't but, know but, he but, could do a correspondence course in appearing in Die Hard with a Vengeance, but damned if <laughs> damned if he did. But I do like I do like the introduction of Samuel Jackson into this because I think it's a good 
it's a good you know they they kind of lean on the on the on the racial stuff quite a lot which i think mm. is is for the most part seems to be from a kind of good-natured point of view in terms of see like, you know, like that i, I was going to have to contest cuz again when i was watching it uh through like you know the the podcast lens i was thinking it felt like <laughs> what they were trying to do is ah but what if the black guy was racist hmm bet you didn't think of that <laughs> Just, yeah, they yeah. really leaned in on that. Like, it could go the, both the, ways, the, though, Ross. Like, the, yeah, they could be. They could be as a, this movie was made by a bunch of white guys, I presume. Um, almost with almost certainty because Hollywood <laughs> is very um, bunch of white guys. That's uh, a sure like, bet. <laughs> sure bet. Like, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Vegas is putting long odds on that. Um, and like, yeah, this was definitely made by a bunch of white dudes. And I think you are right, Ross. I think there maybe is an element of that, or there was an element of that in 1995. But I also think that me watching it in 2021, like, actually, what it came across as, I was like, oh, all of um, all of this character, um, Zeus's quite legitimate grievances against the white people who are making, you know, the the lives of minorities and, and people of colour horrible. And, like, his yep. justification for saving McLean's life as well later on, where he sort of reveals it, because he gets... Uh, he stops McLean being sort of, like, you know, lynched by this uh, this gang on the street... And he says to him later, he says, he says, you know, I didn't save your life because you're a cop and all that. What well, I saved your life because if they had killed a white cop in Harlem, like a lot yeah. of black people would have died. And that is like yes. a, actually that's actual commentary on like a racial tension, mm-hmm. like yes. actual see, good commentary in a fucking see, Die Hard movie. See, this is why this is why. And and to be fair, as it goes along, you know, you get a lot of Bruce Willis saying to Samuel Jackson, "Man, you're the racist," which I don't necessarily like as much but actually the, the introduction i think works well you know you get the, the, the bit when they're um you do get a little bit of like oh he's he's not like other um you know black people he's kind of because he's saying you know don't steal radios and this as if that's what everyone else is doing and he's the shining light that's not but there is that 1995 of it where we have to prove yes that this black guy isn't a criminal and it's like do we though yeah, do we? <laughs> yeah. No, Should like, that be a thing that we're doing? <laughs> do we have to point out all the other people who aren't criminals too? <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a film full of criminals, do we need to do that? Um, but you know, I, I, it's not really for us to maybe make that judgment. But I actually thought that as an introduction to the character, it worked well. We understood who he was. We understood his kind of um, his drive, which was very much get out of my you know neighborhood, leave my community alone and please never come back uh, and that as the film progresses develops into for some reason he's in canada <laughs> <laughs> the fact that samuel l jackson is in this helicopter end of the movie is perhaps Who? the most egregious <laughs> plot hole in the entire movie oh no there's way more worse than that but definitely it's up there in terms of uh is Canada okay with you violating their sovereign rights by who, taking a military force into their country? Who can tell? Who can tell? But then, then we get this, this sandwich board incident, <laughs> this thing with, 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 and and we'll probably skip ahead quite significantly after this bit because it kind of gets more of the same. But you text ahead, Ross. You were saying, wait for the sandwich board, and I was like. <laughs> What? That's weird. That's a weird thing to say about a uh, Bruce Willis action movie. What could possibly be coming up? Well, it's because it's so... it, you, you text Sam at like two minutes. And you went wow, and I was like, oh, he's come across. That was the explosion. That was the explosion ah. that I liked. Yeah, but 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 
I, when when he's got this sandwich board on and you don't see what it says on the sandwich board for mm-hmm. so for, for a long time there's a, like quite a few Actually, shots where you... pretty decent filmmaking here they hold off yeah that I was thinking oh that. yes the ref- yes. I, I, we can talk about maybe like it's a bit of a misstep or whatever, but actually I think the tension throughout this, just this first bit until you see what the sandwich board says, oh, because it's so well done. Because, because, I mean, and and what could he, what, what could it possibly be? What could it possibly be that 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 this Simon guy, that this this German slash Italian <laughs> slash Portuguese slash Austrian is uh, is speaking down the phone? What what could it? Ross is writing notes. What what could it possibly be that uh, that that's got on it? And then and then when we get the reveal, it it is shocking. It is very very shocking. I don't. I think it's weird though. I think it's a weird thing to have in your movie. Like just 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 conceptually to to come up with that and then to think, mm, yeah, we can shoot that. And then to get Bruce Willis, one of the most famous action movie stars <laughs> in the world to to put that on and presumably it, he was he, you know they shot that on location i'm not quite sure or even if they didn't there would be lots of people hanging around like that's quite a big ask i wonder what the contractual terms of that were did he get any more money for having to wear that offensive <laughs> so um, i i'm, I'm wondering is it back end go on ross i was going to say i'm wondering is it is that part of maybe you know, Dave, you said this was based in the book. Was that specifically in the book? And you know, some of the film execs were like, "Ah, this we we want I this in don't the movie." No, because I think in earlier versions of the script, the Samuel L. Jackson character was going to be a woman initially, um, uh-huh. and like I think it was going to be a different. So I think that it was always going to be a be a buddy cop from the in initial script. Um, and as usual, none of this has any basis other than what I vaguely <laughs> remember from what I read last week. Um, but like. It was supposed to be a woman, and then I think this scene is like, basically, I think Simon was going to send him to a really bad neighborhood, blah blah blah, and I hope you know, hope he got killed or beaten to death or whatever. And then this, I think the sandwich, what the sandwich board says, I think is a direct reaction to them casting Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, by the way, just a bit tri- <coughs> trivia: uh, they wanted Lawrence Fishburne for this, um, and he passed wow. on it. Um, yeah, kicking himself. Mm. Mm. No, no actually, in fact, because apparently he'd said he'd do it. And then someone at the studio said, "Oh, he's not interested." So they cast Samuel L. Jackson, and then he took him to court for money because he did, he thought he had a, a handshake agreement on yeah. it. I, I, I was just looking up the sandwich board stuff. So apparently, what they did is they actually um, shot a. The, 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 there was the sandwich board actually said, "I hate everybody," and then they digitally edited it in post so that um, Bruce Willis didn't have to walk around Harlem with that one. <laughs> See, I was going to say because when I mentioned I was watching this you know, on the Irish TV channels like in, in my youth, I don't remember it saying no way. the N-word. So that's no way is that going on TV. This yeah. is not. Well, this, this is getting edited for TV. We should do an episode, by the way, on the podcast. We should definitely do an episode of things that are edited for TV because there is a there's a conversation to be had there of like stuff that's um, changed. Oh, first stop Terminator uh, yeah. Two. Well, quite frequently, there's like whole read not whole redubs, but they will redub all of the like f words, for instance, with like a, a you know a non non swear word. But this this isn't a podcast for that. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. but but so so the start of this movie and and then as we progress through the rest of the kind of Simon Says stuff, we've got the the telephone, um, the the the, the payphone thing, which is 
which is I think it's pretty cool like you know he's you can see that this guy is a psychopath and you get to see the again Dave you get to see the 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 speedness of like oh I'm just gonna mess with you a little bit and it's all very fun we then progress to the subway stuff I think the subway chase and the the kind of him him running through the subway looking for the you know the the police phone um with with the bomb in it is all fairly entertaining and perfectly cromulent like it's all pretty good i'm quite happy with it i'm quite happy with it up to this point and 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 you kind of um i think maybe where after the subway explosion and everyone they all come up you know from from the subway and where the movie dies where the movie dies for me is after about an hour they sit they're sitting in this fucking van this van with agent twat and cia you know and <laughs> yeah i know what the, the, the fbi guy and we just get this just awful exposition scene this just terrible terrible scene because and, oh. the, this movie has to do the fucking heavy lifting here and i agree sam i think that up until that is where the movie's at its best like it's tense it's quick like there's loads of action it's fun we get car chases and explosions and people getting shot and like it's very like quick fire and you know you're kind of along for the ride when the movie fucking stops dead when the when the subway's blown up for the cia to say there's a bomb in a school we know who he is blah 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 and then you have the like because in that point as well they've got to fucking uninvent the radio so they've got to establish that the police can't use their radios they've got to establish that the entire police force and the coast guard and the garbage men and the fucking railway operators and the bus drivers and the fucking children too. Everyone is going to be searching these schools. And like that scene goes on for 25 minutes of like, oh, and the crossing guards, they'll be there too. Oh, and you know, you know, those people who stand on the corner selling the big issue, them too. There'll be no one in, the, in New York who's fucking can possibly like notice a bunch of guys robbing $187 billion in gold bullion. Um, mm-hmm. So like they establish all that. And then they establish that there's, you know, there's only radios. And then. Then we have to have a scene where we're introduced to the fucking switchboard operators. Yeah. And it's like, it's been 25 minutes since I've seen any of the two main characters. The plot has not moved forward. I've still yet to understand what the baddies are after. And like, you are right, Sam, the movie just stops dead to fucking dump all of this out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a confusing, it's a confusing choice. It's a confusing choice. And then I think this is probably where... Um, you know, as as we've said, the, the film kind of dies a death for me, and and I wonder, I wonder where, I wonder where else you could go from here. You know, if if you don't go down to this this route of the the whole school thing and the whole gold bullion thing, like, well, should else? should we save that for the end, Sam? You know, when we usually try and yeah. quote yeah. unquote yeah, yeah. fix the movie. I mean, I don't think we need to because I think the movie's brilliant. So, no so what, what's 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 your view then, Ross, in terms of this this first hour? We're agreeing is good, I think. That's consensus, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, no, no, no one it, disagrees. We're we're arguing it dies a death when when we actually get to like probably the substance of the movie, though. So, why is there any any thoughts on that? <laughs> you're asking me, you're asking me if I have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm asking you to podcast, Ross. Can you do that for me? Oh, <laughs> um, well. well like I've said, this is a movie from the childhood, you know. So the glaring issues you guys are seeing now, it's they feel like minor 
trivial, uh, you know, inconveniences to me. However, like when I read, like when you guys put it into text, and I'm reading, I'm like, yep, they have a point. <laughs> I mean, it, it 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 dies the death, you know, when they go, when they go into those sewer. I don't think sewers right but those sewer tunnels, those massive things around the trucks, you know, like. This this can get there a lot faster. I mean, I can't remember if it was you or Dave Sam that said, you don't need this school scene. And I think you're right. If the movie was going the way it does, you could get rid of that school scene, no problem. However, on the flip side of it, I was going to say, if you keep the school scene, because that's quite, you know, there's there's quite high stakes there. And then, you Which know, have a different... Scene? Sorry, Ross. This is the where they have bomb, the, the school, bomb in the, the school. Bombs. Yeah. Oh well, we haven't gotten to that yet. We're just talking about like the all the exposition you get before that, where they explain well, where all the cops oh. are going to have to go. Well, well, well okay. Well, let, let's 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 get into that then, because because this is this is probably so. There's kind of two things going on at this point, isn't there? There's the there's the school bomb, yep. bombs that you know that, that we basically we put one of these bombs. And to be fair to the movie, we do see quite early on that they that they obviously the terrorists have the um, capability. To make mm-hmm. these bombs, we get these cool-looking liquid things with timers on it. You know, like it's just it's a, it's, it's a nice little prop. Well done, production. There plant. was purple food dye and white food dye. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. it was just clear liquid, Ross. But okay, yeah. well, no, it wasn't so, <laughs> It was white. So, so we, we 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 see we see all that, and then we see that okay, so these guys are messing around again. You're like you're not really sure what they want the terrorists. They're kind of just causing havoc for the sake of it. But that kind of works because we've had a lot of that you know, like sadistic behaviour in the Simon Says bit at the start. So it kind of works for me. You know, and I was expecting basically to get a race against time move uh, finish to the movie where John McClane has to figure out which school is out and figure out and then, you know, maybe the kids would come back, which we do get to see, but only in a kind of minor part. That There would be some connection perhaps, you know, between... Um, Samuel Jackson, the kids, John McClane, you know, you've got to help me save my boys or something like that. That would, that would. They, they kind of have all of that because his ne- ne- his nephews are there, but like it never really ties back in. So just to like keep us on track here, and like it is confusing. Let's just talk about what um, John McClane and Zeus are doing throughout the movie from this point, okay. because like there's what they're doing, there's what the terrorists are doing, and there's what the police are doing, and kind of like the three threads we've got. So they go, and they, as far as they're concerned, like there's more Simon Says nonsense. Simon Says, go to this fountain, there's another bomb, like you'll have to disarm it, whatever. <sighs> and we get a weird, funny scene where, like, and this is kind of like a weird scene because it's not very tense because it's um, Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis just, like, having fun with these water containers. And, like, the, the task is to, like, get four litres of water, four gallons of water in this jug and put it on this thing and the bomb will deactivate. What on earth is that? That's a cut scene. You edit it's, that out of the movie. No, but what it is, is it's, like, our villain, uh, fucking Alfred why, Gruber. Why didn't you edit is. this out of the movie, Dave? Um, Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I'll go back in time and do it. Um, Alfred Gruber, or whoever, um, he says, he, he is basically trying to keep them busy. But, like, it does beg the question why he doesn't just kill them. Anyway... He's trying to keep them busy so that he's out of his way. Um, and the police are busy because they're searching the schools. So this is like a diversion tactic so he can get up to his thing. But they can't, Bruce Willis kind of figures that out um, because he's cleverer than everyone else in this movie throughout. Um, and they go back to Wall Street where they find the heist. From there, 
Bruce and Zeus. Um, <laughs> Bruce and Zeus. Bruce and Zeus. Um, okay, Dave, you win today's podcast. Well done. Absolutely. Uh, Bruce and Zeus, they go to... The, I mean, this is where you have the fucking water tunnel that's being built, which conveniently will drive you all the way from central New York, like, up to Canada, uh, or wherever they're going. Um... I can't remember what Zeus is doing while Bruce Willis is doing this. Um, oh, who could tell? It's really hard but, to tell because it's so fucking long. But all of this time, the police are searching schools. Yeah, yeah. But and it, we get but, the clue but, from Gruber of like who's the twenty-first president, and that turns out to be like where the bomb is or what school it is. Yeah, but it, but it is it's what the terrorists are doing. I think is probably the most compelling, or not compelling. Sorry. It's the most important thing of the film, but it's the least compelling um, because they are... So, yeah, everyone else is doing this other stuff. And, and and that's what it kind of feels like, is that everyone else is doing, like, side quests. <laughs> like, we've we've got all this busy work for the protagonist to do. <laughs> and we've got all this busy work. Please, go and... I need, I need five sweet rolls. Go collect me five sweet rolls. So that's what Bruce Willis is doing. Bruce, Bruce and Zeus. <laughs> I used to be Ooh, a cop that. like you until I took a bullet to the knee or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I used to be a cop in New York, but then we all got sent to search schools with garbage men <laughs> and fucking crosswalk guards. So, and I so, shot people. So, and that, I mean, the, the the scene in the school with the drama with the, with the drama of these boys trapped inside and everyone having to I don't have the keys and figure, oh have you got the keys? But no, Sam, I don't have the keys. They have to be Zeus's ne- nephews, otherwise, who could care? Who could possibly up care? I know. Like, all of that is just excruciatingly dull. It's excruciatingly dull. It's so painful because, mm-hmm. because at the yep. same time, as as we as we get into it now, the terrorists are, have some grand plan, which is not unusual for this type of movie, that the terrorists are one step ahead and everything they're doing is being calculated down to a entirely unrealistic, um, you know, to, uh, uh, significance that there's no way that anyone could possibly count on all of these things falling into line and yet they're here to rob the federal reserve of the world's gold supply now this would be a great this would be a great movie in 1921 when we had this thing called the gold standard which is basically that all money was pegged to a physical amount of gold and the countries kept that in order to kind of like you know, keep the value of their currency. Anyway, boring economics. We don't. That doesn't exist. It's not. It's not the world that we live in anymore. And I do not understand why. I do not understand why this is. Uh, this got past the first um, uh, draft of the script because it makes it no sense. Seems it makes like no sense. A very basic thing. So, like, let's talk about the other diehard films just briefly. Like, in terms of what they're trying to do. The first movie, Hans Gruber, is trying to rob the Nakatomi Corporation of like untraceable currency, isn't he? And yes. the idea is, does it on Christmas Eve because he knows that the people with the codes are going to be there, and he thinks that you know they can get away with it basically um, and get away clean, and they'll disappear and they'll be able to spend this money. Right, very reasonable. Ross, I know you're um, writing your memoirs, but um, what's <laughs> the bad guy in the second movie after? Oh, the, the even less. He basically. <clears throat> He's after money, essentially. Like, you think this guy is poorly written. The guy from Die Hard 2, it's... Kind of counter to my point there, buddy, but go on. 
Well, I'm sorry. Um, essentially, the only thing I remember from the bad guy character from Die Hard 2 is that there was like a full two-minute segment of him doing yoga naked. And like there was a <laughs> proper like 30-second segment of just his bare arse in the moonlight. Um, I mean, better than what we get from Jeremy Irons. Let's stop uh, bad-mouthing Jeremy Irons, all right? The guy, you know, he had a lot to do. Fucking, I don't know what you guys like got a hard on, like fucking trashing Jeremy anyway, Irons. I don't have it. Anyway, the second movie, um, <clears throat> as, as far as Ross has said, like the guy is trying to like ransom this plane for money, basically. Like that's the idea there. And this third movie, like rather than the first movie where the bad guys are trying to steal a bunch of money and get away and like live at large, or the second movie where the bad guys are trying to steal a bunch of money and like get away at large. This movie, this guy is seemingly trying to, like, fucking upend the entire world economy. Um, also, seemingly, this guy and his um, 60 or 70, my closest pals, don't really have, like, any concept of gold value. If you steal... Um, <laughs> yeah. Someone look up what the weight of gold this is. If you steal... Oh, don't. Like, probably <clears throat> what, what signifies probably, like, a... Probably, let's say, like a third of the entire world's gold reserves. Like, the w- the price of gold is going to go way down. If you flood the market with 187 billion pounds of gold... Do like, not, Dave. I see, just, but that's I what just I'm saying. Was, and that no. is where this movie, Sam, may as well have been written by an eight-year-old because it has an eight-year-old's understanding of, like, why a bad guy would want to do this. It, it, it's it's I'm going to hold my because... hand up. I'm going to hold my hand up and say, yep, guilty. Because right, only until so here only we go, until, only here until we go. you guys pointed go. it out, I was like, I didn't even consider. Oh shit! Yeah, if they steal all the gold, <laughs> then what's the value of it? That's that didn't cross my and, mind and, and, until this and episode. And what is the, what is the plan? What is the plan? Like it's well, great again, okay, again, so, yeah. again, Sam. Again, Sam. It was to sell it to the country so they could buy a country. Again, to me, young Ross. Yep, checks out. <laughs> checks out. But you can't. Again, yeah. No, no, Ross, no, 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 no. If you're eleven, this movie is like, of course, of course, he's gonna steal all this gold. He's gonna go to the fucking world supermarket and be like, hey, mate, yep. I want a country. I've got all this gold. They're gonna go. Of course, I would sir, like Paraguay, what please. Can I do you, for? Yeah. <laughs> you have enough Paraguay? gold for wonderful Albania. We've got a special on Albania this week. Um, buy one, get Belarus free. Um, <laughs> we could have made a uh, we could have made a better joke about two countries that are combined together and no longer aren't. But you know, maybe honestly, maybe, Sam, a Albania is an A in Belarus. Bosnia Herzegovina is that? I thought that, that I and I couldn't remember how to pronounce Herzegovina. Austria Hungary, Austria Hungary. There it is. That's the joke. we should Ah, uh, yeah. We're also a bit bit outdated, but whatever. That's yeah. fine because this movie is stupid enough that that gets away. Like it's a pass. So, so, so exactly. So, right. Oh my god. You've, so you've got all these guys. You've got like this little mini army, and there must be about fifty or sixty, you know, big guys, big guys who are capable. And one of, woman. That's going to cause woman, problems yeah. in your new oh, utopian she, oh, countries. Let's, oh, let's get to that. <laughs> so you've got all these people in there. You've got these guys who are up for it, and they are disciplined. They do as you. They do to the minute because they're German. What they're told, like, and you. There's Racist. just so much. Yeah. There's, I bet Germans are as slacky and fucking badly organised as the rest of us, Sam. <laughs> no, you stop not. perpetuating positive racist stereotypes. <laughs> they're, they're, they're able. They're able to get all these these trucks in. You know, tons and tons of trucks. They're able to basically sneak all these guys in with massive uh, German accents and jaws. And and no. <laughs> yeah, hello. I am here to see the bank. 
the, the, and, and no, nobody back side. So you've got all this muscle, you've got all this ability, and what do you do? What do you choose to do with it? In in a world, and even in '95, primarily digital banking. Like we're not talking about that. There's that there's bunches of cash floating around as much, even if they were ten years earlier. You know, by the '90s, we are we are really into that era of 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 the digital stock market, digital currency, all of this stuff. Hold on, Ross. And what do you choose to do? You choose to funnel all of this clearly impressive logistical um, logistical operation into stealing just just hundreds of tons of gold, hundreds and hundreds of tons. Wait for it, wait for it. In the in the middle of the most populous city in the Western Hemisphere, <laughs> which I think is a really important point. I think it's a really important point. But it's not just stealing Sam, gold. It's because it had more Fort gold Knox. than Fort Knox. It's not just stealing gold from Fort Knox. It's stealing gold from a fucking peninsula, right, that you need to drive out of either north all the way up through New York, which is what they end up doing, or they use tunnels. Could they, could they, could they have gone through the Hudson River? All of these questions, all of these With bridges. With a large amount. Of the heaviest metal on Earth, which everyone the densest, for. hardest to transport, well, the good easiest news, to Sam, identify. The good news, Sam, is you might be a fan of Die Hard 4.0 because it's <laughs> very much lean into the digital aspect of things. So you know, obviously, I'm lessons lear- lessons were learned. Lessons were learned. Okay, lessons next week, Die Hard 4.0. Fine, you twisted my arm, Sam. Yeah. It just it actually for a serious point, John John McTiernan directed this as well. So, you know, like he, he he's there. This guy knows action movies. And I think as we've le- as we've talked about already and as we've learned from Die Hard, the best bit about Die Hard is that it's grounded, it's relatively grounded. You know, what what makes it such a good film is that we have John McClane and he loses his shoes. And that turns the film into such a different thing, such a new thing because he's vulnerable. And it's about the small details. It's about can he get a machine gun? Can he find you know he's 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 got bleeding feet and that's a horrible yeah. horrible thing to have. It's the small details that matter that make up the, the the genius of that film. And in this, we get just total disregard for that because what they're interested in is spectacle. Is 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 it is it impressive that they have all this gold? You know, like I I don't find it particularly impressive. I just wonder what they're going to do with it. I just it, it just raises more questions every single scene. It feels scene. like it feels like this movie, this script should really have ended up as a lethal weapon movie, like because it works better in that role. Rigged it did. In it this was going thing to be where he shoots fucking thirteen people. That's just Tuesdays for Riggs. Like you know, John McClane is on the outs with his wife. Like, what have we been watching two movies of him fucking reconciling with his wife for then? <laughs> like, I've watched two <clears> movies <throat> of him. Have been on the outs with Bonnie Bedelia, and now he's on the outs with her again. Like, can I really? Can, can, can I? Can I? The script was ultimately intended as a, a film entitled Simon Says, originally positioned as a Brandon Lee vehicle, with the character Zeus written as an actress in mind. Warner Brothers <laughs> bought the script. Quick. What year is this? Ninety-five. Oh, yep. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yep. Warner Brothers bought the script and rewrote it as a Lethal Weapon sequel. And then put it in turnaround, only to be purchased by Fox and rewritten as a diehard film. I've been waiting for ages to drop that in. <laughs> so, so you're exactly though. right. Is exactly right. It needs a, a, a bigger film, bombastic, 
more kind of crazy. Still, I don't think even, even in a in a lethal weapon film, stealing all the gold doesn't really work. It works in a nineteen sixties well, James Bond have movie. You, have you seen Lethal Weapon Four, Sam? I have not. No. Maybe maybe save confess. your judgment until then. Then, <laughs> okay. yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And we'll get to it, I'm sure, because that is yeah. right up our fucking street. Yep. But but to, you know, let's not talk about the gold anymore. But I, the, the last point is this: is this fucking trip to Canada, and <laughs> as as if as if you know they're going to go over the border from from the from America into the the lawless desolate wasteland that is Canada, where <laughs> the Mad Max you know, world. Yeah, where where oh it's fine you made it you made it across the border no problem oh the, no there's no Canadian police they won't bother they won't bother with it it's Mounties, just, it's Sam, just they're all like riding around on horses what they're gonna do against Apaches it's just that guy from Due South just him walking around you know, like, <laughs> like there's there's just there's no it doesn't make any sense and then even can we talk about Canada, by the way can we talk about the scene in Canada where like. Um, Albert Gruber, or what was his name? Simon. It's Simon Gruber. Is it Simon? That's why it's Simon, Simon says. Simon says. Simon Gruber. <laughs> not this guy has too many did. names, by the way. Like, if he's. I know, Ross, because the CIA tell us, and he's like, oh, his actual name is like he was born. Peter Krieg. Yeah, Peter Krieg. He... But actually, actually, he's fucking Alfred Gruber. It's not Alfred. I don't know why I keep saying Alfred. But it's not <laughs> Simon. That's just the name he's using. What? So anyway, so it's Simon like, Peter Gruber. That is literally oh, is the, he's Hans Gruber's brother. Simon Peter Bru- Gruber, brother of Hans Gruber. Um, anyway, <laughs> so, so anyway, Hans Gruber gets he's gotten away with it. He's gotten away with it, right? Like he's he's gone to Canada with his gold, and he's like, right, this is far enough, lads. We can stop here while I bang my girlfriend, who's somehow in this movie. We'll talk about this character, right? So then we get seemingly so that like um, Bruce Willis can cop block him from a helicopter. <laughs> Seemingly, and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Why are we doing any of this? Like, take the gold and go. Yeah. I mean, we we raised this before we began recording, but it you know it's, it's I suppose now is as good a time to bring it up. But Sam, what, what I said before, what really made me laugh was the text I got from you the following day. Wait, he's in Canada now. <laughs> And then, again, it was one of those things where when you're young, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, he went to Canada to get the bad guys. But then when you he went just... went over the border. That's an insurmountable thing. He's safe now. But just, but just, again, when you begin to just look at it a tiny bit, a New York City d- detective re- recently just come out of suspension. So, that, by the way, that paperwork hasn't cleared yet. So, technically... A- alcoholic. Alcoholic, well. yeah. Um, he shot 12... He shot 13 people... Rife, rife uh, with PTSD, like, managed to commandeer uh, not only uh, the vehicle but also the pilot of a helicopter to take them into Canada. For some reason, as well, take Sam Jackson's character, a civilian, along with them for reasons. Yeah, uh, armed yep. with a pistol, no backup, and he's going to take on these East German former paramilitary guys. And mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. it's it's but, but, delicious. But, but even but even right. So so yeah, they're in Canada. That's fine. But let's not forget. Let's not forget. We had an entire sequence that lasts about ten minutes of them on this tanker as well. You know, <laughs> we haven't even, we haven't even mentioned the boat. And I mention it. I mention it because number one, this should be cut from the film. Like, just say they have driven to 
Canada, right? They just somehow <laughs> c- c- create something that says they've driven to Canada. Fine, we're in Canada now. If you, if you really want to, that's fine. But what they say is that the, the the gold is loaded onto the tanker, and so everyone, you know, the only two, the the only police officer in a thousand miles um, in, in Bruce Willis jumps on the tanker with a civilian for some reason. They get captured. They get you know the tanker blows up and then they of course realize that none of the gold is on the tanker this is what wikipedia tells me because i actually couldn't really follow this when i was watching it i kind of followed it sam but not really because it's like the big guy who's beating up bruce willis right this is confusing ross can you explain this to me so the big guy beating up bruce willis he goes into one of these crates he thinks Mm -hmm. the gold's on board picks it up and he's like this isn't gold Mm -hmm. they go to the boat and he gets shot and murdered when he questions the guy and i'm like why isn't Ian on the plan? Like, you're blowing yeah, this boat up. So, Why isn't this guy, like, so in I, on I, it? I can't, I can't explain that. So, obviously... Uh, not obviously, but... That, that's, <laughs> All that's, right, that's, yeah. Can I get my it's, pen and paper? It's clear to me. quite <laughs> elementary, Dave, if you, you know, watch the movie. But, uh, you know, this character was... Um, I suppose you'd call it an idealist. So, Hans employed him and his... You know, his uh, soldiers to do this under the guise that they're actually doing this for the people... The woman who, uh, what's his name, Simon, uh, then uh, gets it on with later in the movie, is her brother. So basically, Hans cuts a deal with uh, him and the sister, betrays him, gets the sister in on the act. So that's how they're able to keep all their minions, because the sister's on board with it. But the guy was thought that he, they were sending a message to you know the American capitalist dogs or whatever the message is. He was trying to crash the world economy. That's what he says: is I'm going to destabilize mm. the Western economy by sinking gold. all of this gold in the bottom of the ocean. And let's not forget that gold does not ever <laughs> yeah. tarnish in the so bottom of the ocean. Can... But like actually in the bottom of New York Harbor, it's probably not that difficult to dredge it back up. <laughs> It's, it's an not difficult at all. Yeah, it's costing them money. Sure, it's expensive, but like, oh, they blew the life. Let's glean. Let's glean one percent of this gold from the various countries that we've saved it from, who are somehow still relying on this, and then we're all fine. Everything's good. You know, we've paid for the for the cleanup operation. So that's stupid. But then, of course, that's not the reason he's doing it. He actually wants to keep it. Yeah. Now this. It's confusing, and it's not particularly good podcasting us describing this. But I think actually, hold on, Dave. Actually, hold on. This is this is this is the problem with the film. This is that this is a real fundamental problem with this script. Is that there is just way too many threads. There's way too Mm. much going on. Yeah, and yeah, when we're presented, no, there's no need for this. There's no need for the tanker scene. There's not really a need for the school scene because what it sets off is it sets off a story arc that needs to be resolved. You know, the resolution of the school thing, they kind of try and do it with the bit where they rescue the kids. But then when we're ultimately told, actually, there was no bomb, it's okay. Or there was a bomb, but it was, you know, like, it's just spraying on the guy and you can taste it. It tastes like sugar or whatever. So that, again, that doesn't really resolve in a satisfying way. And it's one thing for your film to attempt to to write something and then it not resolve in a satisfying way like okay sometimes things just don't work out and you didn't have time and you couldn't shoot this scene etc fine but when you have a script full full of storylines that are intended to not resolve in a satisfying way like the schools like the tanker you know like so many things of this movie 
it's just I think it's just so sloppy. It's so sloppy to basically set up disappointment <laughs> because oh, actually none of that mad. That that's kind well, of what the film messy. is saying again it's messy, and again. Sam. And the conclusion of it is that we get this horribly anticlimactic. And you know me, I'm a sucker for a helicopter scene. This is not good helicoptering. You've like, got a you've is... got a helicopter fish, I think, Dave. Yeah. And and this this is not getting me going at all, honestly. Um, and there are two helicopters fighting. You know, like so <laughs> punching the, the each other. The conclusion of this movie is that this guy's got a some. You know, um, Albert Gruber's got a, a you know MG or something on his helicopter. <laughs> So he's like shooting at Bruce Willis, and Bruce was like, "Oh my god, he's shooting at us!" So he has the pilot land and drop him off, <laughs> so that yes. he don't get shot. Like purely, surely making a really fucking easy target for Cooper to kill them. Anyway, and then again, like middle, 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 he has fucking four hours to look. I'm doing yeah, this on the camera, and, and obviously this is an audio podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He has four hours to look up at the power lines, and then look back at the helicopter, and then look up at the power lines. And then he's like, I've only got two bullets left, and he shoots the power lines, and the helicopter blows up, and you're like, number one, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, again. Number I... two, what? <laughs> and number three, like, it just, it's not satisfying. Like, have that, fucking that, Bruce Willis shoot this 90s, guy in the dick. That's a 90s Great, trope, lovely. though, Dave. That's a 90s trope. You, you have to forgive this movie some things. That's No, that's I don't, sign. Ross. Yeah, I don't have to. on. How no, you many, don't. How many 90s action movies have a really fucking stupid death? Do you know, like, we, we've we, we've watched, you know, so, you know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia where the guys remake Lethal Weapon 4 and Danny DeVito's character is shot into this electric turbine, obviously parodying, you know, these 90s movies. It's a stupid no, not, death. I know, Ross, Absolutely. it's not... But this is a fucking... This is a big franchise. It costs a lot of money to make, Ross. This is not some schlocky fucking churn it out for five million and then see how it does movie. This is a big budget 90 million. movie... In and a franchise that's done well, like think about Lethal Weapon with the um, the di- di- diplomatic immunity one, whichever one that one is, right? That's two. Like, Lethal Weapon the, two. The bad guy gets shot, and there's some gravitas there. Like mm-hmm. we get, it's corny and it's cheesy and it's ridiculous, but like we get to say, like you know, fucking you know, diplomatic immunity revoked whatever he says and shoot yeah. him. We've like we've there's done some this gravitas before. There, there's putting a pen, uh, you know, putting a cap on that. This movie. Fucking like lurches into an ending, yeah. and the writers said, we've, "Right, we've, it's over two hours. We need to film an ending." And they film it, and it's just unsatisfying. I've, we've done I've, this before. What do you hold mean, on, Russ, what hold do you on, we've done this before? Tell me, Sam, what have we done before? What what's what's the best what's <laughs> the best shot of Die Hard? What is the single best shot of Die Hard? Uh, well, what this this, 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 this Plaza. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Now that is a death. That is a death, you know, and especially the production of, you know, that uh, Alan Rickman didn't know that he was going to fall at that. Get thrown that off the skyscraper, yeah. So you get a ri- and he's like, no longer so with us, on, of course. Come on, come on, come on. We've seen, we've seen this in a Die Hard movie. We've seen this in a Die Hard movie, but. This was a reshoot. No, no, hang on. Hang on. You've said one bit. Let me comment on that. But you guys have said yourself, it's not like these movies were written, you know, and now John McClane's story takes a turn. It was a script that's been passed around, pillar to post, reworked, remodeled, and then basically slapped with the title of Die Hard 3. Sorry, Die Hard with a Vengeance. So 
it's not like you know there was meticulous writing going on here. I yeah, I don't disagree. It's a stupid, <laughs> it's a shitty, unrewarding. I'm really death. confused, Ross. At what point you're arguing here? Are you arguing like, for a point? Or? I understand you like this movie, Ross, and I and I also will say, I also will say, finish, Dave. Well, I'm telling you, what I'm saying is, I agree with you, but what I'm saying is, the movie's it nearly... sound like it. The movie's almost 20 years old. It's a mid-90s movie. Sam, yes, you're right. Die Hard, yes, broke the mould. But like we said, they're not writing John McClane's next chapter. They've just slapped it on. Yeah. Die Hard they was have from, slapped it on. That's what I'm saying. Die Hard was from the 80s. Die Hard with a Vengeance is a mid-90s average script with Bruce Willis in there, with John McClane's character in there. Can't... Let it go. Cut it yep. some slack. No, no, we have a podcast. I'm all Fuck you. No. So, so, like, so all the things you're saying are right, Ross. Hold on, Ross. Hold on, Dave. Hold on, because because there's, there's a reason for this. There's an actual explanation as to why this is so shit. This this ending was a reshoot because they had a, a, a different ending, um, which was kind of. Let me just bring it up. Say it's basically there was a a scene between Jeremy Irons and Bruce Willis set sometime after the events in in New York and that he'd um uh, the the basically the idea is that Jeremy Irons had got away with it he'd managed to get away with the gold and and so we get this kind of like you know fade from black scene where Bruce Willis is walking around with a trench coat on you know kind of go he 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 confronts and manages to to find Jeremy Irons um and then then we get this 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 strange uh, mirror from the start of the movie where um uh, mclean plays mclean says instead of simon says using quote a a former russian roulette with a small chinese rocket launcher that has has had that has had the sights removed meaning it's impossible to determine which end is which McCain then asks Simon some riddles similar to the ones he played in New York when Simon gets it wrong. McCain forces him at gunpoint to fire the launcher, which fires a rocket through Simon, killing him. So, like, that was, a, I think, Jesus. the original intent. I know. That's really hard boiled for a diehard movie. Well, this is, this, is what, this is what Fox said. They were like, nope, we're not having our character. Um,. Like basically torture this man into yeah murder is fine but we can't have him like fucking burning people's toes and well they argued and probably correctly that it's too it's too sadistic and it didn't feel as a climax because there wasn't really like an action there wasn't that action set piece to kind of finish <laughs> off the film fucking hell <laughs> yes I know now. Now, I think it's probably the right choice to not have that as mm-hmm. the ending. I think it is. It doesn't really fit in the mould. It doesn't fit with the mould of the first film either, where we get to see that climactic moment. It doesn't moment. fit with the John McClane character, I think. Like, there no. is a certain like no. moral there. Like He'll murder like a dozen people, no problems. Like, But then what do you do? It, but he's not like taught, He's not a bad guy. He's not the bad no, guy. He, but, 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 but then what do you do? You know what do you do because now you've, you're left with this gaping hole, and I think what they what they did what they did is actually when you look at it, when you look at what's on the screen, it's highly complex and it's very expensive. It's very expensive. You've got sound stages, you've got helicopters, you've got um, camera rigs that are, that are very high in the air. You know we get lots of shots of of him of, of McLean running around. You get aerial Clearly, shots yeah, of him on the ground. Yeah. yeah. He, Either from a helicopter or from some kind of significantly, you know, high rig. So there's loads of complexity, and it costs them a lot of money to re- to reshoot this. 
And I think what we end up with is largely unsatisfying because Mm -hmm. it comes down to him shooting a cable and then, you know, there's not even like a, there's not even like a kill line. We get Yippee-ki-yay motherfucker completely out of context. (laughs) <laughs> you know, for no, like like he remembered he said that to his brother and thought that would be funny and and then he goes in American dad sense who am I talking to and looks around <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no one else here <laughs> and and so like I think it's I think it's just a symptom of of this being uh like I I, I kind of shortcut movie this is this is what mm. it is it's lazy it's just about yeah. shortcuts it's about how do we get to the to the conclusion that we want as fast as possible and the, and you see it throughout the film and I think that's uh, like I don't understand how that happens I really don't understand how that happens when you've got a hundred million um, dollars on, on the line you know it's like the trouble is and Ross I really am not having a go at this movie unduly I'm taking the aside from the go fact on, that go on, go on. it's a movie we watched that was bad irrespective of it being a diehard movie irrespective of your weird nostalgia for this movie like it's discordant and the reason it is is because it's a sequel it's the third in a series that is like ultimate aim now is to continue to make money like the first one amazingly did loads of money and like wow people want this Mm. character but hollywood doesn't fucking know what to do with this like this character but but the the only problem with squaring that uh, circle, Dave, is and like because we we are agreeing with each other for the most part. But the thing is, the first Shut hour, up. <laughs> fuck you, you're so right. The first hour of the movie <laughs> is fucking you know it's it's quality. Do you know what I mean? Sam well, agrees, you agree, and it's just how do you drop off that cliff? So well, how do we do it then? How do we do it? How do we fix it? Go on, then, Ross. Have you got a fix for this movie? No. Um, let, 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 let me let me let me let me. I'll give you a minute to think. So, I think the fix for this is is you've got your Simon Says stuff, and uh, like you say, Dave, it's kind of speed. When did speed come out? When what 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 year was that? I can't remember. We just did it recently. Ninety five, ninety three, maybe Yeah, it's earlier, isn't it? So, so you kind of already got that there. But then speed is very different. Speed is the boss that can't slow down, and and it's kind of not really what <laughs> the know, school the, the, that can't not blow up. Yeah, the the um, the telephone bit isn't really that important to the rest of the film. So I think I think you lean on this Simon Says stuff, yeah. and I think basically just just cut your runtime down. You know, make it an hour and forty five minutes, and I think you've got a really satisfying movie in there. And what I would what I would do is I'd make the psychology of the um, of Jeremy Isaacs' character much more central. Get rid of. Probably, the, pr- probably keep the school bombing in there, but get rid of everything else. Get rid of Canada. Get rid of the gold. Get rid of the German stuff. All of that goes, and what you're left with is is Hans Gruber's brother, who is a who who is a total failure. He's mm-hmm. you know he he's he's like he always want, and, and we we'll get a scene at the end where he always he always wanted to be like his brother, you know, and 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 Daddy always loved Hans. Maybe he has more. a picture of Alan Rickman in his wallet. Yeah, Daddy always loved um, falling from hands. the tower. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get this? It, th- Daddy always loved hands more, and I just wanted to avenge him because you know he was he and, and it was just just something that something that mm-hmm. gives the character a bit of backstory, but make him importantly make him totally utterly pathetic. You know, so so he's doing all these things, and that actually. 
he's not able to carry them out. So yeah. it's all about the threat. And I think if you may, if if the conclusion of the movie is John McClane basically just says, "I'm not," he doesn't have the same thing. He doesn't earn the same death that Hans Gruber gets because this guy, this 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 Simon Gruber, mm-hmm. is just a total loser. Make him a loser. And basically, McClane says, "Fuck you. You're not worth my time. I'm not going to bother with yeah. you." And that's you know, I think that will be. A kind of different take, and so the Simon Says stuff uh, is the central part of the movie. I'm on board uh, with John McClane. I'm gets on board to... with you for the most part of that, Sam. The only sort of hole I would see in that is if he's such a, you know, a, a loser, you know, and a, a fuck up. How would he orchestrate some of these explosions in the first place? That's again, it's a minor thing, but it's... one explosion. One, one explosion. explosion. So I'm pretty much in parallel with you, Sam, other than a few differences. So I agree. I would keep the Simon Says thing, keep him as Hans Gruber's brother. Like you, keep the school scene, drop everything else, and just have, have the school as the, the you know the closing scene where, you know, uh, John McClane, you know, when he goes to the bank, he actually manages to, like, thwart their robbery attempt somehow. And then basically, so that his last thing is, I'm going to get the last word and blow up this school you have the final showdown in the school. Sam Jackson, for some reason, he's the one now disarming the bomb for some reason, um, because John McClane <laughs> drags him around. You know, you have the spring. That's a good enough justification for everything else in this movie that we saw <laughs> yeah. for some reason. But I just see, you know, it would be a lot more sort of climactic having that sort of that that final showdown in the school. The sprinklers are going for some reason. You know, pulls up the gun, boom, damn, yippee kaye. Mr. America. Yeah, could be. I, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like. I like it. If you guys are right, like slimming this movie down and punching it up would be like a great way of resolving it. I have a bit of a different take on how you fix this movie. Well, shit, um, Dave. Let's hear it. Well, do you know what I find found intriguing when I heard it for the first time on this podcast because I missed <coughs> it in the movie? Like, let's destabilize the U.S. economy. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. That's an interesting idea, right? Now. What if, what if this movie, Bruce Willis, uh, John McClane, he's he's suspended or he's been fired from being a cop and he's an alcoholic or whatever, and you know he stumbles upon or like is somehow involved in or like maybe implicated in a crime, um, and that he's implicated in the crime by Jeremy Irons, who's the bad guy in this movie. He's an East German, blah blah blah. Let's not make him Hans Gruber's brother because honestly, I just the familiar connection is just too much. Let's just say. He knew Hans Gruber. They were all terrorist buddies, right? You know, and he's like, while I'm in New York, I'm going to fuck this guy's shit up for killing my buddy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you have um, John McClane stumble onto, like, some, some, some crime that's happening, some plot to destabilize the American financial system, like, either by, like, you know, blowing up the... Uh, the Federal Reserve or something like that. There'll be the, there's a MacGuffin you could think of of like yeah, you know, uh, blowing up like the you know um, the, some of the biggest banks of like so all the records would be gone and like people would panic about mortgages and what they own and whatever, you know things mm-hmm. like that. And basically the plan, the plot of these East German terrorists is to destabilize the American economy. Uh, or sorry, to, to scare the American public, to cause riots in New York. And steal something like some whatever it doesn't really matter what like but it's all a ploy and you can still have those layers of like some of these East Germans are you know idealists and they want to destabilize the US some of these East Germans are just greedy sons of bitches my kind of guys and they just want the money and John McClane stumbles upon it but guess what he's been fired from the police so no one believes him no one will listen to him and then and then you can have like I don't know how you'd fit Samuel L. Jackson into this movie, um, but then you can have John McClane like 
trying to take down these guys without the help of the police, without having to spend what felt like four hours explaining why the police have turned all the radios off and can't be reached by telephone and are all yep. in a school in fucking Manhattan like checking <laughs> on the floorboards and do you know what I mean and then you can like legitimately explain why John McClane is going after these guys and like yep. punch it up a bit because there is something to be said um, you know we watched Ronin obviously there is something about post the fall of communism like fucking you suddenly got a lot of highly skilled highly trained like you know mercenaries basically suddenly no one's paying them you know that is interesting that we've seen that several times of like there's something to be explored here and you could have a john mcclain story you could have a you could have a diehard movie about john mcclain fucking killing east german mercenaries again like in the first one but you know in a much more like i've got to stop them blowing up x i've got to stop them blowing up y um and it would maybe require like a much bigger rewrite than what you guys have suggested um but like that for me that's the more interesting nugget or yeah alternatively just make a buddy cop movie like you know just make a buddy cop movie with samuel L. jackson and bruce lead into it and just like make it funny you know yeah Yeah. maybe half bruce willis be racist great (laughs) no then he gets to learn a lesson at the end you know, like, you're not massively racist, but you can have him saying things. And at the end, he can be like, actually, I really like this guy. And, you know, actually, like, you know, learn the lesson. Um, <laughs> it's maybe not I something that Bruce Willis would want to agree. Well, no, but I, I think it's a, I know, I think it's a good take. I think it's a good yeah. take. I like it as a, as a as a change. I think our version, me, me and Ross's version, is like Much trying to salvage... Cheerful. It's, well, it's trying <laughs> yeah. to salvage what's there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. We're and... losing him! <laughs> <laughs> Whereas mine's like think... sharpening the knives. This kidney's going there, and that heart's going there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think you're, you're very much think... donating the organs to another movie, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> hey, can you sign this? Sign this so we can use your organs. With a rusty saw. Just carving <laughs> out. Whereas, we're, whereas we're, we're, we're doubling down. We can, we can bring it back. <laughs> I, think, I think Jonathan Hensley, who was the writer for this, basically said that the first hour of this movie was like uh, perfectly matched his his um, script for this Simon Says movie, you know this, mm-hmm. and then from there the problems. So I think that you could start off, you know, to, to, to salvaging it works in in that sense because there's a solid film there that we've that we've all liked the first hour of this. I think your idea though is good though because it kind of like reframes it and it's it's almost taking what happens at the far end of the film and bringing that forward because. We don't get any of of the of the, the, the political stuff at the end of the movie. Of, yeah. At the beginning, we get no hint. Yeah, and and I, you know to actually go to the back to the film itself now, we get no hint of of this attempt of uh, by by the the Germans to well destabilize the, the economy that, or or what even even really what they want. You know everything we know well, is the reason for that. Related. Hold on, Dave. Let me just finish. Let me just finish it. Two seconds. Everything we know about the characters comes from the first hour of the movie, which, in effect, is an entirely separate film. And then this other stuff is bolted on. Yeah. Well, it is bolted on. Um, sorry, can I say my point? Go ahead. Um, the fact that they're East German apparently was like a quite a late addition to the movie. Initially, right. they were just like pan-European, like there were some Hungarians <laughs> and Polish guys. And I think there's a Polish, there's a Polish guy. You remember when they first go in, there's a guy who doesn't speak English. Yeah, and they're all making fun of him because they're German and he's Polish, um, and that's kind of like a holdover from when I think initially it was going to be like just a bunch of ex-Soviet state like mercenaries, 
like doing a crime and you know mm-hmm. a bit different mm-hmm. and the east german thing was i think like an attempt to tie it back to the first movie you Oscar know and, and tie it was. back to hans gruber and again like and in a sequel that's always a crutch when you feel like you're you're and i think the you know john mcclain character in the premise is strong enough but they obviously felt they needed this kind of like callback. Bonnie Bazzini said no. I think that's a big thing as well. Like she did not want to come back for this, so we don't get any of his family. So mm-hmm. like they needed something to tie it back to that movie that made loads of money for the fans. So you can go, oh, that thuts and thuts, blah 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 blah. And I think the Die Hard movies. And obviously Ross, you're our resident Die Hardist. Um, I know that's the word <laughs> I'm using uh, on the podcast. Yeah. But like, I think the there was also a script. I think maybe involving his daughter in this one. Um, because I know that his mm. son appears in one of the later movies. Oh no, yeah. well, his daughter yeah, no, appears in Die Hard Four Point So Sam, you're in there, and then it's his son. In... And is that the last one, or is that the next one? No, 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 no. no. So again, I'll go through it. Die Hard, <laughs> Die Hard Two, <laughs> subtitle Die Harder. I'm not Electric joking. Boogaloo. Die Hard Three. Die Hard Three. The Sorry, no, not, yeah. not three. Not three. <laughs> Die Hard of the Vengeance. Then Die Hard 4.0. Die Hard them. with a Vengeance, Die Hard 3, The Quickening. Is that the full title of the film? <laughs> die, hard for, <laughs> die Hard 4.0. And then it's Die Hard, A Good Day to Die Hard. Which what what year was A Good Day to Die Hard, Ross? Sorry, is, uh, it really, is it really Die Hard, colon, A Good Day to, to Die Hard? Sorry, no. It's just no, A it's Good not, Day right, to Die good, Hard. Good. <laughs> there is some At least they've given us that. that. I'm checking, Div. Um, 2013. S- Wow, twenty thirteen. We are old. Time has passed. Is, is Bruce Willis like de-aged CGI wise in that movie, Ross? Or no, is he he's just like seventy years old. He's decrepit as fuck. It's called being rich. That's what it is. Um, I'd like to go back to my intro, and and you know, like the, the concept of it's die hard on a, it's die hard on a plane, it's die hard. In a building, which apparently, I've heard this story, and I can't remember where, that basically somebody, some Hollywood executive was 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 pitching this movie, and they had a great idea, and they and they said in in full seriousness, oh, it's Die Hard in a building, as if <laughs> I, I can't remember who heard that, and maybe a, a different podcast, but anyway, that that like that silliness, saying it's Die Hard on a boat or it's Die Hard on a plane, whatever else. As much as that's silly, as much as that doesn't really reflect like the complexity of, of all movies, you also kind of need to appreciate and, and respect the fact that you understand what that is straight away. Like when you say it's Die Hard on a plane with snakes, oh my God, am I, am I in? And then you say you've got Samuel Jackson, hell yes, fantastic. Like it, it works, it totally works as like a, as a, as a shorthand for what this movie is now what what a movie is when the problem i have i think you know my conclusive thoughts is that when you when you try and distill this movie down to a single sentence you know what is this what what move what, how, how do you sell me this in an elevator pitch when you've got eight seconds and it's bruce willis on the phone okay i'm kind of peaked but then what <laughs> happens nothing much else loads of other stuff like you can't pin it down you can't pin it down to uh, a, an individual kind of uh, summary you know when you talk about say con air it's it's a plane from a a plane full of criminals flying you know trying to trying to escape like straight away i get it armageddon it's a bunch of drillers who have to go to space <laughs> to destroy it's bruce willis uh, an asteroid. Space. 
<laughs> totally. It's die hard in space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's 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 die hard in space. Exactly. Like Hans you Gruber can... asteroid. He was um, my cousin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And speed. It's the boss that won't slow down. Like we we get it. We understand it straight away. And I think this is the problem. With this film is it's just you know you can't define it in those in those short terms, which means. It's ultimately confusing it's a confusing yes. movie and i will say i will say to be positive at the end of this podcast <laughs> i really liked i really liked the interplay between willis and, and jackson in this movie I, and, and which was said i really enjoyed the first hour i really enjoyed oh. a lot of this movie not to shit on we have to shit on it for a long time but I'm you, have you two have it just don't, don't bring it here well sorry ross you were writing your memoirs um did you speak <laughs> for about 45 minutes um it, this is a fun movie in the main part, the trouble is, is that the worst bit is at the end, and you always remember the end better than yeah. the end. Yeah, yes, that's a good point. Yes. You know, and if if the first half hour of this had been dog shit, I bet we would have a much more positive opinion, Sam and I, of it than we do now. And that is because it leaves a taste in your mouth, not necessarily a bitter taste, but like I a, disagree. You two are sour watch? bastards. Doesn't matter how good the ending was. If the first if the first hour was bad, Ross, I cannot wait until we watch a movie that Sam or I recommended from our childhood. And oh. you're the agitator. You're I'll bring, like I'll bring a corner. bib, just like tuck it in. Okay. About <laughs> to choose. He's got his. Up. He's got his. Uh, he's got his like lobster. Um, <laughs> Crackers, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Utensils. <laughs> those crushes. Just. Oh, I'm good. I'm have. I'm eating tonight, boys. Smear myself in butter. Meat's oh. back on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of the rings reference. You should make amazing. Lots of the rings, Ross. Amazing. Um, but. <laughs> But uh, this has been quite a long episode. Uh, fun movie to do though, and like we we do talk quite frequently about renaming our podcast just like '90s action movie podcast. Um, but that's somehow even more unwieldy than the crap name we have now. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, we could do imaginary movie podcast podcast harder or a good day to podcast. <laughs> imaginary with a vengeance podcast uh, yeah. two podcast two uh, would be podcast good. Podcast yeah. with uh, a vengeance. I actually <laughs> love that. Fucking fucking who knew? So spot on for that. Buy that domain name. Buy that domain name now. But but I should say I should say continuing this tradition of of doing um like really singular. Well, this isn't I suppose singular, but Die Hard as a franchise is very evocative, very singular. Next week we will be watching Highlander, um, which. (laughs) <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. For the for, hold on for the video for the audio listeners, uh, Ross had a Ross had a, a look of excitement and almost arousal on my on his face. Absolutely my face arousal. was much more like my, my my face was much more like oh like I just like I just ripped a plaster off a wound that's still quite sore. That oh god no exactly. I, but I have seen this movie a hundred thousand times and I've seen loads of the sequels, loads. Is it the fourth one? Um, <laughs> we'll get into this next week but like Highlander is a fun movie about fucking immortal people playing with swords and it's amazing so we'll get into that because I guess it may may not hold up but boy I hope it does Um, and Ross's uh, rampant nostalgia will be back well the thing is with Highlander I've only actually seen literal like bits and pieces of it because again that was one of the late late movies so I wasn't able, you know, I couldn't stay up late. Not yeah. that I wasn't allowed, I just I physically couldn't. I was too tired. But, <laughs> yeah. So I'm really looking forward to watching this for the first time in its entirety. 
it's a cool movie, as I recall. And I saw it, yeah. saw it a few years ago. Um, I would make a, make a request, Ross, that you um, you write your impeachment speech before the podcast <laughs> next week. Um, <laughs> God damn it! Well, this I'm all right, sounds right, great, guys. Notes for the for the benefit of the uh, podcast for half an hour, Ross. Sam and I were like, "Is he going to say anything about this movie we're maximum. watching?" I was just writing some stuff down, things I was going to uh, talk about. Sam, and then these I guys want here you to go through the go through the podcast. Right, you've got the three audio feeds, and you edit it. Right, I yeah, want to Sam, go through and tell me very, exactly very how long time before Ross says anything. Make sure you go through the podcast just to prove this point. Do it. Oh, I'll tell you what, Ross. I'll tell you what. I'll go through your audio, which will be on the folder, and I'll fucking tell you. My, okay. my pettiness to to knows no bounds. So don't worry it does. About that. I um, know it does. <laughs> don't, don't threaten me with that. You've, you've you, you guys threatened us with editing like bits out. This will probably get you know, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, Sam, you haven't got a lot of it's believability okay. on that. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, you guys, you guys carry on this argument. What I'm going to do, I'm going to tuck in. I'm going to get a nice blanket. I'm going to get maybe a nice cup of tea or a bottle of wine. Sit down and read the novelization of Die Hard with Avengers, which is which is available in all good bookstores. No, that's not a joke. There was a novelization of this film, which apparently yeah, it's not goes available into, in bookstores. I challenge you to go and find. Uh, this book apparently, in goes into some of the you know some of the kind of darker stuff with John McClane, some of the backstory with Zeus, and then concludes with the um, ending that we talked about with the the, the the rocket launcher suicide murder thing. So you know, it's a nice little Friday Friday evening for me, and I'm sure for the listener, it will be something to to enjoy after they've watched this trash fire of a movie. I definitely recommend the bottle of wine watching this trash fire of a movie. <laughs> no, for the book, Dick, for the book. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry, that too. <laughs> I'm just reading a book. <laughs> Number one, they've had to watch this film, then listen to our podcast, then to read a book. Come on, Sam, no one's, no one's following that trajectory. I can't believe this is the first time I'm hearing of a novelisation of Die Hard with <laughs> My life, what is my life but a lie? Fantastic. <laughs> thank you. Next thank week you. on the Imaginary Book Club. <laughs> 